The Paternity Test is a comedy podcast for adults. If you're not a grown-up, get off the internet. It's a horrible place. From Illinois and New York, it's the Paternity Test. This week, bad audio, we apologize for Daniel Tiger hate speech, shoot up ballet feet, and deep fried meat parts. And now, two fathers who were awake for this broadcast, here are the dads. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of The Paternity Test. I'm Todd Jay in the Chicago suburbs. I'm Matt Berezi in Chicago. We're giving Dave uh, one more week of vocal rest after the, the traumatic experience of having uh, a polyp removed on his vocal cords. And if you heard the show last week, you probably could hear that he needs the rest. You could probably hear that he needs the vocal rest. You know that uh, he could probably use another week off. That kind of week will take a toll on a man that's for sure but he'll be back with us full force next week i imagine yep he's just a bag of lozenges and away from being back for big episode 11 in the meantime welcome back to the podcast that is positively heartbroken that the weather channel is going back to doing the weather oh dave's uh. gonna be really sorry about this man he's got first the testicles then the voice and now his favorite thing the weather channel is gonna do weather instead of just what do they do well, they, they've turned into kind of a world's craziest videos kind of place where you just see, like, animal videos. You know, so, like, the Animal Planet doesn't really show animals anymore on their TV channel. And uh, the History Channel doesn't really show much history. And the Learning Channel certainly doesn't teach you anything unless you really like Honey Boo Boo and uh, little people getting married. The Weather Channel has followed that trend in the past and just not done a whole lot of weather. It's been about these funny animal videos, and their online site has has become almost like clickbait. It has become clickbait. They've they decided that all their headlines are now going to be vague lines. They're going to be like vague booking all their headlines. So instead of telling you what's happening, they'll just say, it's coming and you won't know when. And I think their latest one, what was the one I sent you a text with one the other day? It just said, changing, and when it does, you're going to feel it. Yes. Yeah, and you're like, what's changing? Where am I going to feel it? What's happening? And it just, that that kind of stuff. I, I it's hate over it. your I house and your children better go inside. <laughs> the sun. Oh, it's just the sun. Well, geez. I have no patience for that kind of stuff. Uh, I hate it when it's Facebook friends being yep. like, do you hurt me and you know who you are? Or yeah. it's that kind of day. Yep. Or sometimes you just can't win. Yeah, so I have no patience for it either on social media and now especially that like a legitimate news source like except that all their news centers around weather but they wanted to be respected for that like they wanted to be your go-to but then they started naming winter storms and vague booking all their headlines wow and i guess they had a giant purge like originally it was really square respected meteorologists mm -hmm. just doing a 24-hour weather channel so you want to know what the weather is i don't know if they changed because apps on phones mean you don't flip on your tv to find out the weather or if they changed just because everything on cable got trashier, so they knew they needed to be Donny Boo of weather. Yeah, I, th I think it was all of that. All, all of that, absolutely. Because the Weather Channel used to actually just be graphics of the weather, right? So you would have to wait 15 minutes till your weather came back up on the screen to see the weather. That's how you saw, like, your five-day outlook, is that you just had to wait for it to cycle through all the cities till your city came up. Now, obviously, you don't even need weather on the, your local news anymore. I, I find it funny when uh, you turn on your local news at 10 p.m. here in the, in, in the Midwest. I don't know how you East Coasters wait till 11 p.m. for your news. You're just insane. You know, when you turn on the news at 10, they'll start with the weather, and it's always a tease. Like, I'll be back in a few minutes with the rest of the forecast. And I'm like, well, no, I have it on my phone right now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to know 500 <laughs> times what the weather is before you come back. <laughs> exactly. I will check the weather 35 times between now and your, your update. Yeah, so, the, you know, they started doing all kinds of crazy stuff over there. And, uh, you know, they had wacky morning shows and uh, all kinds of things. They had, what, Wake Up With Al. Uh, and they had something with Sam Champion. 
And now I guess what are they going to go back to now? They're not going to have they're not going to have what's that show? Fat guys in the woods? What's it? Oh, it's got a really weird name, like Huffing Wood Couches or something. The Huffing it's, Wood the, Fest, Gruffy Huffing Fat Wood. What what is it? Whatever it is, it doesn't even make sense to me. It just sounds like word. It sounds like a like a multi-word online password. Scruffy Huffing Wood Fest. What does that mean? I don't know. Scruffy means they have a beard. Wood Fest. Okay, so is it about here suit to lumberjacks? But then Huffing implies. Sucking on an aerosol can, right? Fat guys in the woods. Oh, they're huffing like and puffing and blowing. Yeah, maybe down? that's it because they're out of shape. Well, and then the online that Dave is obsessed with is all like videos of the Challenger exploding, right? Isn't that why he watched it? Because he has an almost fetishistic attraction to the Challenger explosion. Right under their extremely vague headline about why you should panic about the weather, there's a whole bunch of videos of horses that are addicted to hugs and, you know. <laughs> Uh, haunting moments frozen in time. School was much different back in the day. Take a look. I mean, these are things that are on there right now. And it's just... It's Bizarre photos you won't believe are real. People you didn't know existed. But Millennials are drinking so much wine, they're changing the way it's sold. This so, ramen hack will change the way you eat dinner. <laughs> That's where I go for my food tips is the Weather Channel. <laughs> well, the weather is so exciting now, I think they can drop all the reality shows because with the Earth... About to end. The weather is super exciting. So all they have to do is say the actual weather and you're going to watch. And if they say it's coming down your street and you need to know, they could mean mist, they could mean lava, they could mean locusts, they could mean a tsunami. So here's, okay, here's some of their video headlines, you know, that try to get you their clickbait headlines. He dove and it broke a record. He thought it was a good idea. Would you swim here? Forgotten by those on land. What does that even mean? So anyway, that is that's what they've been doing, and I guess what are they doing now? They're just going to go back to uh, graphics of the weather every fifteen minutes. I think that every channel is just shifted over one. That's why there's, there's no, no. That's why the Learning Channel is no longer learning you. <laughs> right, but there's probably a Discovery Channel that has the learning, just like there's no videos on MTV, but there's videos on BET, and I don't mm. know if there's any black shows on BET, but they might be on OWN. And there's no women's shows on uh, Lifetime, but there might be some on the Hallmark Channel. But there's no there's shows about cards on the Hallmark Channel, but there's lots of shows about cards on the Weather Channel. I think everybody just face shifted. I don't really know. I guess they're just going to go back to like a CNN version of, of weather coverage. So they'll just always have an anchor and always go over the weather. It seems like a bad idea. And no more reality well, well, shows. Apps and all. Do you remember a couple of years ago? When I think I've talked about it on the show before, but one of my wife's friends is a romance novelist, very successful, and yeah. they decided a production company wanted to do a, build a show around her. So they said, we're going to do a romance makeover show, and you'll come in and help a couple that's bored of each other, and they're, you know, there's no, no excitement in their marriage, and you're going to come in and, and, and uh, make them over. We need a partner for you, a male counterpart. And she said, well, my friend writes operas, me. And they said, great, have him in, and he'll, you know, he'll help bring romance to the couple from the male perspective and you'll bring it in from the female perspective so I got very excited because it was going to be a big reality TV show star and I went into the production office and they walked in and there was wipe off boards everywhere and, and they'd just come back from a big conference and they said alright great it's great to have you guys in here but listen everything's different now makeover shows are out now everybody likes extreme things. They like the, the, the crab fishing. They like the, the <laughs> ice truckers. They like the, the, the lava volcano janitors. So we're going to do the, the romance show. But now, how about this? You're going to be doing romances of the Texas Highway Patrol. You're going to do <laughs> romances of the special forces in the Persian Gulf. So people in extreme duress, they could die at any moment. What do their wives think about that? Suffice to say, I'm not a reality TV sh uh, star at this point. But this horse is addicted to hugs, and it's hilarious. And now it's time for Mr. Manners, where we teach our kids that it's only okay to pick your nose in the car, where nobody can see you. Not one person. No, just <laughs> everyone on your left and your right and your front and your back. Those are the only ones. Nobody else. Last week, you mentioned that Ellie had taken to her sassiness, mm -hmm. had gone to the levels of violence. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy, uh, no, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> well, yeah. Viva has now developed a fascination with violence, I guess, with mm -hmm. hitting. Oh, like, I, like actual hitting or talking about hitting? Well, you know, I think most kids get into like a hitting or a biting phase at some point, right? Mm-hmm. 
And she's she's still three. She's not quite four yet. And she's not hitting other kids out in the wild. Sure. But and we don't spank. And I think that maybe it's gotten her really excited about the notion of hitting because she doesn't see enough of it to desensitize <laughs> her to, to hitting. Yeah. Uh, so she'll get. Sometimes you'll be playing with her and she'll just screw her face up, like make a little, like bare her teeth, and then she'll say hit, and then she'll just start hitting you. And then you say that we don't hit. She'll just hit more. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah, because that's the game. Where... That's the game is to do exactly. the opposite. Yeah. And then she digs her heels in because then if you say, look, this isn't a game. This isn't funny. And you're going to get the time out. Then you've like hurt her dignity. And then mm-hmm. she has to triple down. And then <laughs> then you're in a death spiral. You're in an yeah. absolute behavioral death spiral. And when you get in those, God, you don't even want to start threatening things because you know you're going to have to follow through on everything. Yeah, you can't start counting down because what's going to happen? Or we get, you start counting to three, what's going to happen when you get to three? Or are you just going to go to four? You know, exactly. Like, what, is, what are you actually counting to? And if you say you're going to give them a four-minute uh, timeout, it means you've got to sit there for four minutes and make sure they don't leave the room. Well, four, four gonna... minutes at turn of the 20 because they you keep trying to get up, and then you say, nope, sit down, and then you sit them back down and start the timer over. Start the timer over. Oh, it's the worst. Or if you say, well, I'm going to take away your doll tonight, mm-hmm. then you've got to, and then you feel like an ogre when you do it or whatever. You're not going to get to watch Blue's Clues today. Yeah. But then you don't want to do it because when they're nice again an hour later, it's really weird to say, I'm punishing you now from because of something you did in the past. Well, it's that's really monstrous. The, I think that's something that kids, you know, kids and dogs doesn't work to punish them later for something they, because they've already forgotten about it. Like, they don't learn the lesson anymore. So either the punishment is immediate, you know, either there's immediate consequences or you're screwed. Like, you can't, you can't delay the consequences. You can't say, well, we're not going to go see that movie tonight in six hours. Right. Because in six hours, doing, that's a lifetime kid- to them. Right, the kid you've got doesn't care about the kid six hours from now. Yeah. And the kid six hours from now is not the kid you yelled at or who did the bad thing. Yeah, future toddler doesn't exist to present toddler. So present mm-hmm. toddler's like, whatever, six hours, that's never going to happen. You'll die of old age by then, old man. <laughs> you realize we're making a case for spanking right now? Nah, well, <laughs> we're making a case for immediate consequences. doesn't mean you have to spank, but it means you I need to do so. You need, and that's the hard thing. Like, what is going to... What can you take away in this moment, like right now? And that's why I think timeout has worked. That's something you don't need to have a specific thing. Like, I'm going to take this away from you. You just sit them down. Like, that's it. Because of this thing you've done right now, immediately after, you are sitting down. And then I will spend the next 20 minutes making sure that you sit there for four minutes. (laughs) And then at some point, you don't even know why. You can't remember why you're doing it (laughs) to begin with. I wish timeouts had a sticky chair. Oh, you could dress Viva in one, like, buy her Velcro underwear. Like, so she has, like, maybe the soft side of the underwear, the the, the loop side, and then you have a chair that's the hook side. Mm-hmm. Or just a mat on the floor, you know, something that's stuck on, that's heavy that she can't, like, walk away with stuck to her butt. But you just sit her down on the Velcro, on the loop side of the Velcro, and there you go. What'd they do with the old Letterman Velcro wall? Did they just throw that oh. in the dumpster because you could set that up in a side room? Yeah. And just bounce your kid on a trampoline, stick him to the wall? Throw him to the wall. Three minutes. <laughs> that would be the best timeout ever, though. You wouldn't have to You wouldn't have to watch. You could say, I'll be back in three because they're not going anyplace. No. <laughs> it, it is kind of awesome, though. So <laughs> they, they what? all kinds of trouble. Uh, what's next here? What do you, uh, are you going to try to curtail the, the, well, the we hitting? Got a, we got a book called No More Hitting for Hamster. You get a book uh, for everything. You guys get a book for everything you need to deal with in your house. It's amazing how many books are out there. Yeah, well, you can buy a book for everything, too. It, it could be, you know, the smallest problems, I'm sure, have a little book out there about them. Don't trim your nails so close to the quick, mm-hmm. grizzly bear. What to do when you lose a sock. I've noticed personal that... personal hygiene leaves something to be desired, snail. Mm-hmm. So it does seem like you and Professor Foster, like your first, your go-to is let's find a book about it. Well, she's very focused and calm at night. So Mm -hmm. the books really work for her. Like she's very susceptible to propaganda Mm -hmm. at night. She believes everything she reads. Absolutely. So we'll be getting the uh, YA book, That Tattoo is Unadvisable, uh, (laughs) 12-year-old. No piercings for 16-year-old. No ill-advised hookups for college girl. But little no no hitting for a little hamster is problematic because I can't stop laughing through it because there's this hamster that hits all his friends. Jeez. <laughs> it's so funny. He gets this angry face, and then he just whacks, like, a duck and a pig and a squirrel. And But she knows 
that it's about her. So she's very offended by the book because oh. she knows we're working on her. So she makes this angry face. Her little eyebrows go down into angry mode. And uh, she gives me my squinty hate face. Mm-hmm. That she like fires back at me all the time, and she I can see her giving squinty hate face to the book because she knows we're trying to tell her that she's a hitty hamster, <laughs> uh, and then I'm just losing my mind because there's this hilarious tiny hamster punching a duck and a pig in the face. Does that make her think that you enjoy the hitting because you're laughing at the hitty hamster? It could be problematic, and it mm-hmm. also just is more talk about hitting. So it's just more hitting in the air. Yeah, and I guess I the more you her. talk about it, the more she's intrigued by it. Right, it just kind of she starts to wonder like, wait a minute, maybe they're they're really overplaying their hand on this hitting thing. So there must be something really cool that happens if you keep hitting people. You know, <laughs> like they're trying to keep me from getting like to the ultimate hitting goal where something magical happens. If you hit <laughs> if you punch enough people in the face, you can fly. You wow. gain, you gain the power of flight. Why are they trying to keep us from hitting? What's so great about hitting? They don't want us to know. <laughs> exactly. Well, do you remember uh, on our last podcast? I mean, our, on our old show, we had uh, we had Tim Liebarger, the proprietor of the sanctioned Mister Rogers Neighborhood website, uh, mm-hmm. was a guest on the show, and uh, he was he told us about Daniel Tiger's neighborhood. Uh, and at the time, I think my kid and Dave's kids were too little for Daniel Tiger's neighborhoods. But now we've like gone in in and out of Daniel Tiger world, yeah. Um, and Daniel Tiger's neighborhood is full of tiny instructional songs songlets mm-hmm. are you familiar with that show at all or were you i've seen so, i've seen clips of it yeah we i think around that time i started looking into it because i thought it was pretty cool this little so song, they just little make dish, a song about it, everything anything trying new foods always it, wipe from the back to the front oh it's true is. it's if you have to go potty stop and go right away <laughs> wash and flush and be on your way now i have some problem with the structure because that rhymes way with way which is <laughs> bogus uh, and sometimes the prosody is off. What's uh, it's okay to feel sad sometimes. Little by little, you'll feel better again. Right. So that, that's the little songs. Yeah. I, Don't give the homeless man money, cause he'll just buy drugs. <laughs> I walked by her in the toy room playing with her princesses, and she was making up. I could hear her making up little Daniel ditties. And as I walked past, I hear her sing. If you feel grumpy or sad, just hit someone. <laughs> I want to see that episode. That's my favorite episode. Oh, well, maybe that maybe she's a cry for help. Like she doesn't know how to deal with anger. If you're really mad, just hit someone. She doesn't have another outlet for that. So. Maybe you need to make up another song, give her another outlet for her anger. And if you're if you're really, really mad, spin around in a circle till you pass out. I don't know. Like, what do you... What do you do when you're really angry? What do I do? Whenever? If you feel grumpy or sad, go to the gym for an hour. If you <laughs> feel you grumpy or sad, drink a beer. <laughs> exactly. Eat your feelings. <laughs> If you feel grumpy or sad, eat a bunch of Susie Q's in the car and hide the wrappers from your wife. And cry a little. (laughs) Uh, Well, Ellie has gotten a little, she stepped it up tonight. We were playing Monopoly Junior, and she wasn't winning. And she let fly, oh, I'm going to kill myself. (laughs) And I was like, I was was genuinely disturbed by that. (laughs) <laughs> like, uh, Ellie, we need to channel this. Like, this is not a suicidal worthy event here. We are just playing Monopoly <laughs> Junior, and wow. uh, I think you she really routed her at Monopoly. Uh, she owed me four bucks, and she was—I uh, was not going to let her out of it. So she decided that <laughs> she was worth more dead than alive. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, folks, you're already shopping Amazon. Why not put those dollars to work keeping this show on the air? Do it quite simply by using the Amazon portal on the support page at paternitypodcast.com. Now, if you don't want to uh, shop on Amazon, you can always just give us money on the support page via our PayPal link. You can make a donation, and we'll use that money to buy microphones, to pay for the Internet, to pay for the website. Uh, to pay for uh, potential future live uh, broadcasts, or you can use the Amazon portal, and that's money you are already going to spend on Amazon. You go to the support page, you click the Amazon portal, it opens up an Amazon page, there's a cookie that tells Amazon that you are buying through our portal. 
buy what you're going to buy. Don't spend anything extra. Don't sign up for anything. You don't make passwords. You don't have to make an account. You just use your Amazon account, and Amazon sends us a percentage of their profits, and we use that to pay for the show. You know what we just bought tonight? Yeah, what's that? Uh, and this, I think, I don't know if this is going to wait until the birthday or if it's going to come out ahead of time, but we bought ballet attire ballet slippers leotard tights she did go to a viva did go to a ballet class right well she had a kind of general dance camp but it wasn't specific enough in form to require accoutrement uh, but this is like straight up bunhead ballet time and they require the equipment i was very excited to buy this i love that you call uh, it equipment like she's getting like you bought her shoulder pads and <laughs> a helmet right, right shin guards yeah and uh, so what is the ballet equipment it's a leotard, tights, ballet slippers. Okay. I suppose she'll need a dance bag. She might need some sticky gems for her inside of her arch, some things to hold a bun on top of her head. A carton of cigarettes. Carton of cigarettes. She'll need some cocaine. She'll need a feather to stick down her throat after meals. What else do ballerinas use? <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't even want to see their feet. Ugh. Talk about a Google image search. Just, you know, you're typing ballerina feet. If you have a foot fetish, you will lose it. Those poor girls put their feet through so much. I mean, they're just chewed up. They're like ground beef with bunions sticking out of them. Yeah, I've uh, seen some. I think I'd be better off Googling vasectomy or scurvy or any <laughs> other horrible things that we've looked at again. <laughs> oh, yeah, you worked at the Joffrey Ballet for quite some time, so you've, you've seen those gnarly feet. Yeah, I have. Honestly, they put themselves through hell. We are talking about a toddler. So I don't think she's quite ready yeah, for all that. Yeah, but she's four, and they're usually washed up by five, aren't they? Oh, that's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, with the, it is very competitive. She's not a, a company of principal dancer by four and a half. She can forget about it. She's gonna be, you know, she's gonna be stuck some re poor regional dance company doing some terrible modern inter, you know, some modern dance. Ugh, with flexed feet and uh, yeah. Well, uh, so, I'm hoping by six she will have turned into an actual swan. <laughs> I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say that you had to buy like actual equipment, like a little ballet bar for her room. It's coming. Like if she doesn't, I'm trying to emotionally distance myself from her being in this class. Like I grew up. My mom was a ballet teacher when I was growing up. My sister did mm. ballet. I did ballet. Like yeah. I love ballet, and I want her to become a little ballerina. Not necessarily. Well, definitely not professionally, because yikes, right? But I want her to like ballet. So if she doesn't like it the first day. Uh, it's going to mess me up. So I need to not invest myself in her loving this class. But if she does, mm -hmm. forget about it. There's going to be mirrors. There's going to be, you know, bars installed, you know, permanently installed. I'm going to be taking out the stud finder to figure out where we're putting in that bar. What furniture is going to the alley so that we can make a ballet room in the house. You know, you want to make dance fun for her. Get her one of those ribbons, like, on a stick, you know, that she could run around and twirl. And maybe that, you know, maybe if ballet doesn't work out, she could do rhythmic gymnastics where she jumps around and twirls the ribbon and stuff like that. You know, you know I gotta tell you, no offense to the rhythmic gymnastics contingent of our audience, but I can't I can't get down with that. It seems like <laughs> fake ballet to me. You know what I hate? Figure skating. Because it seems like ballet on skates, and ballet on skates is a stupid idea. Like, ballet is gorgeous. If somebody said, you know what would be good is if we put this on skates. That's ridiculous. That's Starlight Express. Why are there knives on your feet while you're doing your ballet? That's tacky. It's weird. Just ballet. Ballet is fine. <laughs> <laughs> so if she doesn't like ballet, we're moving away from all ballet-esque things. Not the, one where uh, they th not the one where they throw the giant ball up in the air and catch that? I guess that's still it's more of a gymnastics so than a dance. weird. Why are they throwing a ball and catching it? I don't know, it's but so it's in the weird. Olympics. Yeah, and, and what, when is there ever anything stupid in the Olympics? <laughs> Go on skis and then shoot a gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you like the paternity test, please help us tell other people about it. Subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. It's quick and easy and improves our iTunes ratings and helps new listeners find us. Butterfly in the sky, I can fly twice as high. Read our monthly column, Viva Daddy, in Chicago Parent Magazine and the Paternity Test blog every week at chicagoparent.com. Last Chicago Parent article about cargo shorts it really blew up. Uh, did you get a chance to take a look at that, time? I did, and I have one thing to say. Cargo shorts today, cargo shorts tomorrow, cargo shorts forever. So uh, you are definitely on, on the pro-cargo shorts side of things, eh? I am. I am. I have no beef with cargo shorts. And if it's about what other people say that, oh, he looks so baggy and dumpy, you know, that's their problem. I couldn't believe 
how many people, and this is the Midwest and the Chicago parent, 90% of respondents across our, all our different platforms of social media were pro cargo shorts. And they were all like, screw fashion, it's comfortable, I like them. Also the wives. Now, I did notice a lot of people tagging their husbands without comment sure. in the comment section so the husband would have to read it. So I, I'm going to take those as wives who are anti-cargo shorts. And it wasn't even, like, I got a couple of young gay readers and friends who were like, no cargo shorts. But then I got middle-aged gay readers and friends who were pro-cargo shorts. So it didn't even fall along gay men are stylish, straight men are dumpy. It didn't even fall that way. And then lots of women saying guys look cute in cargo shorts. So it didn't fall gender-wise either. I can't believe how many people were pro-cargo shorts. Now, I will say, listener Derek in Colorado he made a comment on Facebook, and it's the same as GQ's official statement in April of 2015, which is that it depends on the cargo shorts. They said the cargo shorts categorically yeah. are terrible, but there are some that are cut well and some that look like blobby balloon pants. Yeah, I mean, I like I have one pair that I don't like to wear a whole lot that, to me, go way too low. They go below the knee. They're, like, cutting half-calf, and I'm like... Uh... Get into capri pants at that point, yeah. <laughs> Well, and then it, it, they're not even really capri pants because it makes you just look. Uh, maybe I'm trying to go hip hop, like I'm trying to go '80s oh, hip hop sure. or something with it. I don't really know mm -hmm. what that is, but if it's a normal kind of look, a normal kind of cut, you know, I have no problem with it. I don't necessarily fill up my cargo pants pockets with a bunch of stuff. A lot of people said they like them because of the pockets, but really, you shouldn't put anything in your cargo pants pockets because that does look. No, but so I do. Big. I mean, it, it is kind of that safety area, like. If I go to, a, like, an amusement park or somewhere, like when we're at Disney, it's definitely cargo pants because there might be things I want to keep in there because I can button them and then they're not going to fall out like they might fall out of my front pocket. And I don't keep anything in my back pocket because I don't want to sit on anything that I would have. Yeah, if I go to the park with Viva, mm -hmm. I take my credit cards and stuff out of my pocket pocket and put them in the cargo pocket because then they won't fall out if I'm on a swing or hanging upside down from the monkey bars. Or... Yeah. Now, a lot of people said, I don't believe in fashion. Like, fashion is for suckers, <laughs> don't tell me what to wear. And that, you know, as someone who is a bit of a slave to fashion, that sort of offended me and freaked me out. Because, like, yes, it's true, fashion is a game set up. Uh, you know, you are being gamed against by someone whose best interest is fashion. Yeah. But at the same time, fashion is a way for me to feel superior to other people. So when people opt out of that game, that is threatening to me. And I can't believe how many people were like, Ixnay and the Ashen Fay. And I kind of feel that way a little bit just because no one's going to tell me that I need to buy an $80 shirt to look cool. But you don't and, have to like to look nice. Like when you go out, you, you're not a slovenly person. You wouldn't wear a sleeveless T-shirt to a restaurant. You yeah, I mean, I clean, I clean up well, but I'm a cheapskate. Like I, anything I have that looks decent was definitely probably got off the clearance rack and is last year's fashion at the at best. Well, that's why I'm surprised so many people were pro-cargo short, because that's like last decade's fashion. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely like a 90s era. It got big. The I did norm. some research for the article, and it said it came in in the late 90s and, and yeah. you know, really flourished in the early 2000s. Yeah, I, I feel like for as long as I can remember wearing shorts, except for the 1980s when I was in jean shorts, only because at that point the best I could do was cut off the jeans that I'd grown out of, you know, that I'd grown too tall for, but still fit me, and then... Of course, my parents turned those into shorts for me. But beyond that, like once I became a young adult and started buying my own shorts, I feel like they were always cargo shorts. I only have well, like yeah. two pairs of shorts that aren't cargo shorts. And to me, those are my dress shorts. Yeah, you know, I agree with that. And dress shorts are a little weird because if you're dressed up while you're wearing shorts. But sometimes you have to be a grown up. <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a button down short sleeve dress shirt. There's a tweener. There's no call for that. Yeah. Yeah, unless you're Homer Simpson. And now it's time for the Paternity Test Kitchen, where we eat food so you don't have to. Todd, one of the funniest things I've ever heard you say, and you said it without a hint of irony or intended comedy, was when you said, we were talking about food, and you said, left to your own devices, you would not eat anything that isn't served at a skating rink. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a fan of what I would call concession stand food. So <laughs> that's your, your hot dogs, your pizza puffs, your corn dogs, your hot soft pretzels with nacho cheese, your nacho cheese with nacho cheese, and some pickled jalapenos. So yeah, it's the concession stand fair covers, you know, it checks all my boxes. 
Yeah, I do understand. I'm not necessarily a concession stand guy, but I went into like a Vienna beef kind of place the other day oh. and absolutely got heart palpitations, not only because of my clogged arteries, but yeah. when I see Italian beef, Italian combo, Italian sausage, bratwurst, a jumbo hot dog, you know, Chicago yeah. dog, fries, cheese fries, onion rings, breaded yeah. mushrooms i just start to lose my I'm mozzarella like, sticks everything yes yes and, and you know what i uh, one of my guilty pleasures and I, I this is one thing that i feel like i i never in my life should have one of these again because it's so just seems bad for me but i just love it and it's part of that same category of foods is just is a gyros oh yeah the smell definitely... of a gyros and it's just so damn but it's so salty I can't I take my wedding ring know. off for three days after I eat one. Yeah, and it's a lot of food, so you know it's fatty. Um, the euro alone is probably all the carbs you want for two days, and you are just getting salt beyond salt. And if you eat all the onions that come with it, you smell. Oh, uh, yes. They're so good. <laughs> and that cup of tzatziki or whatever, oh. that's, that you might as well put a cock gun right into your aorta. That is the best. But it's good. Anytime you go into one of those... Working man's lunch places, and mm-hmm. you just you come out stinking like the grease pit. You know you're going to eat well. They hand you your food in a paper bag you can see through from the grease, yeah. and they give you a big old pile of napkins, and you come out with like a euro that's four pounds. My favorite is when they just put the French fries in the bag and then put your sandwich on top of it. Like there's no reason to even put the fries in a container. <laughs> they just go right in the bag because they know you're just going to reach your hand. As soon as you get in the car, the first thing you do is reach your hand in and take out a handful of fries. And as for, you got to put like a towel down on the seat next to you, but you know it's made to go right, right in your pie hole as soon as you get get back mm-hmm. in your vehicle. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it counts as concession food. How do you feel about the corn dog? I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the corn dog. You know, my daughter is a big fan of the mini corn dogs. Now, you a mini know. corn dog has no stick, right? It's like almost like a almost like, like a, a nugget, like a corn dog nugget. So it's like a uh-huh. it's like a cocktail wiener. I was pretty upset actually. We went to a restaurant that offered mini corn dogs on the kids' menu. So Ellie ordered the mini corn dogs. And so they come out, and they just don't look right. And, you know, I give them credit for trying to make homemade mini corn dogs. They definitely weren't, like, pre-purchased, frozen in a bag that you just dump in a fryer. They seem to actually have tried to make them by hand. So they had a batter on them. But the issue was, like, every single one of them had split wide open. The hot dog had, like, dried out, and then it was burnt. To a crisp, right? I mean, so I said to the waitress, "I'm like these uh, corn dogs. If you see, like they're they're split open and burnt. I don't know if they were in. Maybe they cooked a little too long. But we'd love to have a fresh batch or something. Maybe that you know that that aren't like this. <laughs> that aren't terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, uh, "Well, I'll have them try, but they pretty much always come out like that. And to me, I kind of thought, well, if they always come out like this." Why do you even have them on the menu? Like, why yeah. serve something that you can't make? And maybe there's only certain cooks in that work at that restaurant that are good at doing it, and the guy that's there that day is bad at doing it. Like, maybe there's a trick to it to make the batter not split open. I have a feeling either the oil's too hot or it's just in there too long or the batter's too thin, something like that. I mean, you should be able to figure it out. But uh, You can try to send them back, sir, but they're generally inedible. Yeah, they're always going to come out like this. Like, wait a can minute. We call, can we call this place out? Where were you? No, it's a very good place. This was the only it's the only complaint yeah. I would have. So it's I don't want to call it out because it, it actually is a delicious restaurant. The restaurant is fantastic. They just can't handle the corn dog. So You I, can't handle the corn dog. I think they substituted with a grilled cheese or something, which was delicious actually, because of course Ellie only ate a quarter of it, so I ended up finishing it off. I enjoy corn dog as well, and they always make me laugh because they're so concessiony. I mean, it's food on a stick. Like you only have this at Carnival. Yeah. So I, I actually laugh. I laugh when I have corn dogs because there's just something hilarious about it. Like if you have a corn dog in one hand, you should have a tiny mirror with a Lamborghini on it that you won throwing darts in the other hand. <laughs> oh, I had so many of those on our walls at home. Oh my gosh, yes. The Lamborghini, is it the Countach? How do you even say that? Yeah, either, I don't know. You have to be careful because you might get, you know, might get slapped by your mom or dad if they heard you. <laughs> exactly. Look, it's a Countach. What'd you say? <laughs> How do you know about Countach? You're only 13. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've been going under my bed again. I remember ours always had like a lot of uh, insignias on them. So it was like the Harley Davidson logo or something oh, like that. Sure. You know, that was a, that was a lot of our, I love those little mirrors. Oh. So corn dogs and mirrors always go together. 
Absolutely. I decided to make, to dress up a corn dog. I oh. tried to make a haute cuisine corn dog at home the other day, and I think that's what we're going to do with the paternity test kitchen, is maybe dress up some of our favorite junk foods and take them out on the town. So in this case, you literally are trying to, like, put a bow on a pig here because it's a pork-based product. This is a bow on a pig. It really is. Yes, I am trying to elevate. Making a silk purse out of a sow's midsection. Yes, I'm trying to polish a... Mm. That's not very appetizing, is it? (laughs) No, (laughs) you can polish that turd all you want. I ain't eating it. (laughs) Well, I decided to try and go an Italian route with my corn dog. What now, so what I, is an Italian corn dog? No, wait Italian a minute. Corn dog. Yeah. I think you could do the math on this. If corn. instead of a hot dog, how am I going to make it Italian? Oh, well, it's got to be a it's got to be a sausage, right? It's got to be like in a like an right. Italian sausage. Like there cuz right. there's no such thing as an Italian hot dog. The equivalent no, would have a to be a sausage. sausage would be it. It's not now, a Now here's here's Frankfurt. immediately off the bat I see something that could be a problem. Uh-oh, Italian what? sausages are so thick compared to like a hot dog will it handle the batter is that are you getting to something that's so heavy right away will the stick support this you need a robust stick okay it's um, like a skewer maybe a skewer yeah i got like a I, and i happened to have, i didn't have to buy this i like opened the barbecuing drawer and there was a substantial skewer there so mm-hmm. i put those into the italian sausages and now it comes to the corn batter so what italian thing is cornmeal batter Polenta. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Now and polenta is just cornmeal that's that's coarse ground. Right. As it's, a matter of fact, it's not. It's not even really indigenous to Italy because they didn't have corn there. Like it came, you know, corn came from the New World, and most people in Europe had no idea what to do with the corn that Columbus and his ilk brought back. So but they, in northern Italy, they went, oh, you know what we can do is we can grind this up and we can make polenta out of it. Because <laughs> they're like. For years, they were like, man, we would love some polenta. We just don't know what to make it out of. <laughs> what is polenta anyway? I don't know, but I'd love some. And then someone showed up with corn, and they're like, hmm, polenta? Sure. Perfecto. <laughs> so you made a polenta batter. I guess it'd have to be a batter. Mm-hmm. Now, do you modify a polenta recipe to make it a batter? You have to add egg? Because like, polenta is normally just the cornmeal and water and butter, right? Like hot water, and then you... That's it. Some butter and salt in it. Well, to make it thicker, the only difference is how much water you're using and how long you're cooking it for. So I just held back on the water because you can oh. go if you're making a polenta. Usually, you add a, an egg. No, I would add. I feel like I'd have to add an egg to it. Egg. You just want to add it so you can say egg. Egg. egg give me the egg. Egg. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't put an egg. You didn't put an egg in it. I would have <laughs> put an egg in it. It's a uh, milk. No, just, just less. Um, oh, you know. You know what I do typically when I make polenta and I make it quite a bit. I use uh, chicken stock instead of water because sure. yeah. I like to make my rice in chicken stock because it's just better. Like if we're having white rice with dinner, it's always made in chicken stock. See, just, there you go. Yeah, yeah, same, same, same principle. And then I put in a ton of butter. You could put in cream if you want. I usually do butter because it's thicker. Um, and you can put. I usually put my cheese right into the polenta when I make it, as opposed to melting it on top. Yeah. You can just put right into the fabric of it. So I just used less water than usual, um, and so the batter was really thick. Now I did not deep fry these, although one. One could, and it's probably tastier, but I was feeding this to the family and didn't want to make it that greasy. And Well, and I didn't want to deep fry something deep in my frying, house to, to, the curtains. To me, deep frying in the house is difficult because, yes, you can. Like, there's ways to deep fry, and they have little deep, mini deep fryers, and, they have, and you could deep fry in a pan. It just never turns out the same as people who can deep fry in a restaurant because of the larger deep fryers they have. So the, the, the items can float around more. They're not touching the edges of things. You've mm-hmm. got the fry baskets that you could pick it out and let it, and there's ways they're able to let it drain sufficiently. Yeah, the fry basket helps it drain. I feel like when you deep fry at home, everything's got, like, pools of wetness it never, on it. Yeah, it never really drains and gets crispy the way you want it to. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure people out there will send us emails saying, you're just not doing it right. But, and then, and then, you, have, then you have the matter of the oil. I, I know you can reuse the oil multiple times, but... Am I really going to store Where are you gonna put that? Yeah, a gallon of used oil well, and, closet in your pantry? And am I first going to run it through a sieve with a cheesecloth to get all the chunks out and then save that? I mean, forget it. Get in the car. We're going to the fry place that fries everything. <laughs> fry right, the, the food at the fry place is going to cost you the same amount as the oil exactly. that you bought. Exactly. Exactly. You're not saving any money by frying at home. No, you're sure. going to burn your kid. 
You're going to yeah. have a filthy, greasy stove. The whole house is going to stink, and you're going to burn all the hair off your hands yeah. and most of the skin. So then what do you? how do you get the fry-like? Uh, is this a baked? Fry? I just baked it. It baked up really well. Oh. And, you know, and the, even the, came it didn't, came off ooze, the off, without... didn't ooze off the sausage while it was baking? The important thing was to make that batter thick enough that it didn't ooze off, that it held yeah. held up on top. And I took a spatula, and I had to kind of keep keep putting the batter up on the top until it, <laughs> it like stood up a little bit, and then yeah. I, I put it in the oven. And then when it came out, I drizzled that with a with the tomato sauce, with like a marinara sauce, and I, I went out to the balcony, cut some basil, you know, put a basil top mm. on each one to, to, to plate it, to show it off. You know, you want to give the guest either a dip in a, a cup of, of a marinara or a tomato yeah. sauce to dip in, or I, you know, put a little pattern of it on top, like you would, like you would put mustard on a corn dog. Yeah. Now I think I, I think you also need to, at the end of that, sprinkle some fresh, grated parmesan right on top of that too. So it kind of so while good. while it's hot, it'll kind of melt onto the top of that a little bit. Oh, that's um, a good idea. That's a very good idea. Yeah, that. But that sounds great. That sounds great. The Italian sausage and the polenta, what a great combo, and a little marinara to dip it in. And then it's on a stick, which everybody loves their food on a stick. Who doesn't like food on a stick? So it was a hit. You know, the baby got something corn dog like She mm. got to eat off a stick. I got sort of the, the comic glee of a corn dog. But you know, look <laughs> at all the ingredients, and it's shaped like a silly carnival food, but it's all the ingredients of a of a delicious Italian dinner, kind of an upscale Italian dinner. I wish I could get Ellie to, just because I say, hey, it's just like a corn dog, Ellie's not going to eat it. Like, she... She would look, if I served her an Italian corn dog, she would look at me like I got lobsters crawling out of my ears. <laughs> like, what, what if you didn't tell her it was an Italian corn dog? What if you just handed it to her? If it doesn't look like that perfectly coated thing out of the box, you know, that we make at home, it she's doesn't not quite look like it. market day. Like it's not, it's no. a little <laughs> rougher on the outside. Yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, this is the same girl who, you know, she'll buy lunch at school when they're serving chicken patty. I buy the exact same chicken patties for the house. You know, it's just a breaded chicken patty. Serve it the exact same way on a regular old hamburger bun like they do it, and she won't touch it. She's like, it's not as good as at school. Like, are you kidding me? I could break into the school at night, steal their chicken patties, bring them at home and cook them, and she would say, these aren't the same as the ones at school. Maybe you need to wear a hairnet when you do it. Stop sending emails thanking Survivor for suing Mike Huckabee and like our page on Facebook. Share our posts and follow us on Pinterest, on Instagram at The Paternity Test, and on Twitter at The Dad Test. Do you think any of these political rallies ever think, what if this person doesn't like me before they use a song that they want to use, to, you know, an entrance music or something to pump up the crowd? Or they, they must just... never, because um, somebody got in trouble from Mellencamp for yeah. using Little Pink Houses. Uh, Chris Christie got in trouble for Springsteen for using anything mm-hmm. by Springsteen. <laughs> Survivors have it a fit at, at Mike Huckabee. I think this is probably a problem for the right wing, because most musicians yeah. are going to be left wing. Like, yeah. maybe Leonard Skinner doesn't have this problem, or who would be a right wing music actor? Well, you've you got to stick with Ted Nugent. I mean, you're, always you're safe. Uncle Ted. Always yeah. Ted Nugent. You know, they just have to decide. There's got to, you know, there's 16 Republican candidates, so they each just need to pick a, a different Nugent song, so you can have, you know, someone gets cat scratch fever. What do the other 15 get? <laughs> <laughs> wow, you know, uh, yeah, that's true, because someone's gonna end up with some real stinkers. <laughs> I want to know who's going to use snakeskin cowboys. You know, maybe that's Marco Rubio. I don't know. Let me see. Here's the top ten. Here's t- here's the top ten ten Nugent songs of all time. Stormtrooping. All right. Well, that could be someone's theme song. Fred, Ooh, you got to be a real authoritarian to use Stormtrooping as your campaign song. Wow. Send us a question or a comment for the Paternity Test Mailbag. Just email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at our phone number, 657-BAD-DADS. We don't know why you say goodbye. We say hello. And now it's time for Am I Normal? That's the part of the show where we talk about those changes that are a typical part of growing up. So we have a just about a teenager in our house. He's about a month away from being a 13-year-old. So Is this one of your kids or just someone who's hiding in your house? Uh, well, you know, we have an open-door policy. <laughs> We're not going to turn anybody away. <clears throat> so Alex is, uh, is, is turning 13, and we've talked about how he's 
getting some armpit hair and stuff like that. And he jokes around about it and thinks, you know, it's it's funny. And uh, but recently, I think there's been there's been a, a development that I I attribute to the different hormones and things going on in his body at this age. But he's started getting weepy at TV shows, and in particular, like episodes of Full House. Because we do watch a lot of wow. Full House in our home because Ellie loves it and it's on Nick and Night all the time. And it's one thing that we'll put on and be able to just have in the background while we're playing a board game or just hanging out. But Alex has started to like, you know, every time they they play like a, a little bit of some strings and you know that it's time to learn something in the show. They tell you what, what the lesson is. And he's like, I get a lump in my throat. Like he, he's like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm getting I get sad at these and, and like commercials. And like reality TV shows, when they tell the the back, you know, the the background story of somebody who's about to be on America's Got Talent, um, <laughs> the he, weepy background story. Yes, and uh-huh. he especially like there's on, on America's Got Talent right now. There's a and I'm I don't I don't know currently as of like this recording what's happened what's changed, but there's a a kid I believe it's a high school kid who's on there as a comedian who has a very pronounced stutter. And that's, you know, so he uses that in his act. They focus on him a lot because of that background story. You know, he, he got hit in the head. He was a, uh, some kind of athlete or something. He got hit in the head, had a concussion, and, you know, thought everything was going to be okay. And he went to sleep with the concussion without really getting any kind of treatment and then woke up and had a that comedian. stutter. He woke up a comedian. Oh. <laughs> but I was an athlete. <laughs> I'm too young to even go to the chuckle hut. <laughs> so... So, you know, every time the backstory comes on and they, you know, he'll, Alex will he'll get a lump in his throat. And that's the thing. What That's the way he describes it is what happens is he's, he finds himself getting a lot more lumps in his throat now than he used to. Well, he's really forthcoming about all this. I mean, the first time I hit it by a jock strap, I was like so embarrassed I wanted the earth to swallow me up. And this kid's like talking about his hair and his lumps in his throat. Well, we try to encourage, you know, we, we, we try to encourage it. it. It's really only ever come up kind of in a joking way. But mm-hmm. Alex had the, you know, he's had two different health puberty talks at school. And so, you know, he's on board and we ask him about things. You know, I, I still constantly ask him about his girlfriend, which, you know, he says he doesn't have any or mm. doesn't have one. But one of his friends did tell me after when Alex wasn't in the car one time, we were going, you know, we were riding somewhere and he hadn't gotten in the car yet. And he's like, Alex had a girlfriend last year, but he didn't tell it. He, he didn't tell you. Wow, his so, friend ratted him out. Some totally friend. ratted him out. And I didn't. I never brought it up to Alex. I didn't be like, "Hey, you had a girlfriend last year." And uh, but we, you know, we were honest with him. Like, hey, you know, if you have, if you like, tell us. Like, we have no problem with it, but we would like to know what's going on, so that if if all of a sudden you start acting weird, like, oh, maybe it's the girlfriend, or I don't know. I think <laughs> we should know if he has a girlfriend. Well, yeah, but if you tell him like that, why would he tell you? In case you start acting weird, we can blame it on your girlfriend. Is that incentive? <laughs> Maybe it is. Well, I don't think we'd put it that way to him, but that's the way. That's why I want to know because then I want, you know, I could start to go, okay, this is why he wants five extra bucks or this is why he wants to go hang out at his friend's house or this is, you know. You know, and Ellie, the little sister that loves to make fun of his brother, is thinks it's hilarious that he gets weepy. I'm trying to keep that from turning into a thing where Ellie may... Every time something is on TV now, Ellie's been asking Alex, Alex, do you have a lump in your throat? Alex, is this making you sad? And, you know, <laughs> How about this long-distance commercial? How about this car commercial? How about yeah. This, yeah. <laughs> How about this beer commercial? What? Well, it's got Clydesdales like in it. Little Clydesdale wants to be a draft horse, too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you better not show him that full house where Jesse's grandpa from Greece comes oh, over and dies. Well, we've seen it, but not recently. I think if we saw it, if we saw it recently, uh, you know, yeah, it would be it would there'd be water overcome by grief. Yeah, and full house always has the big music cue that lets you know it's the absolutely the road, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's the in some episodes it was strings, and then I think they started they switched to like a little uh, a solo guitar. You know, whatever it is, it kind of later you seasons. Know. It was a trombone. <laughs> <laughs> when they switched to a Jews harp for that, I'm like, what? how is this? <laughs> I don't feel sad at all. <laughs> really? Well, I tell you, there's a possibility. I've I got that same constant lump in my throat thing after mm-hmm. the baby was born mm-hmm. because when you have a baby, your testosterone 
dips, like when your wife has a baby, your testosterone drops yeah, like, so that you won't kill the child. Yeah. Like, so won't. that you, the father animal, will not <laughs> consume your child or, mm -hmm. or destroy it when it is crying constantly. And, you know, and there's really no practical or logical reason for you to not kill it. So it drops your testosterone. So you'll think it's cute and want to cuddle it and cry all the time instead of murdering it. So I think you should ask his friend, the snitch, to tell you for sure if Alex has had a baby. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I guess I would want to know, but that's the, the measuring stick of did I do a good job is if there's no teenage pregnancies or, or pre-adult tattoos that we didn't mm -hmm. approve of, you know. Sure, sure. So uh, Now, if you had to pick. Oh, tattoo it up, man. <laughs> Tat it up. Put those gauges in your ears, you know. Little barbell yeah. through the tongue. Yeah. yeah. And who knows? Maybe may, maybe that's wrong. Maybe maybe having a baby is better. I don't know. It's a lot easier to undo a tattoo than a 16-year-old, you know. Even a Prince Albert doesn't need a couple hundred dollars worth of diapers a month. Yeah. Yeah, maybe just some antibiotic cream. <laughs> Well, folks, it's time for another episode of The Paternity Test to Bike at Night in its Ninja Costume. Follow us on Twitter at The Dad Test. Like us on Facebook and visit our website, paternitypodcast.com, or email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com. Catch us Tuesdays at chicagoparent.com, or call our voicemail at 657-BAD-DADS and tell your friends about the show. Please consider a donation to our show via the PayPal link at paternitypodcast.com. All right, everybody, remember... You can dress up your corn dog all you want, but it won't taste the same without the feather on a roach clip and a Lamborghini mirror. And until next time, best of luck passing the paternity test. Yeah.